Hey, as a duct tape marketing listener, we know you're always on the lookout for ways to more efficiently scale your business. That's why I'm so excited to chat about I Digress, another show on the HubSpot Podcast Network. Troy Sandridge, host of I Digress, talks all about how you can eliminate complexity, complications, and confusion from your business equation and create clarity to streamline strategy solutions that achieve scalable and sustainable success. Check out episode 24. Start there. 14 minutes or so. Strategy is power. You know I love that idea. So listen, learn, and grow with I Digress on the HubSpot Podcast Network at HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Mike Michalowicz. He's a speaker and best-selling author, the creator of Profit First, which is used by hundreds of thousands of companies across the globe to drive profit. And he's got a new book today called Get Different, Marketing That Can't Be Ignored. So Mike, welcome to the show. John, as always, it's just cool hanging out with you. Thank you for having me. So I tell people this all the time, Mike, you and I have known each other a long time. You're like a little brother who has far surpassed me in terms of your impact. I'll take <laughs> the, the little brother part for sure. Impact, a question. I, I'll never, you, listen, you and I know this story, but I don't know if the listeners do. You, know, you and I met for the first time face to face during a speaking yep. tour with, was it, who was it? E eBay, it was yeah. eBay, right? Yeah. eBay live event. And we did a tour together. And there was one day, it was a professionally, perhaps one of the most impactful changing moments of my life was you said you'd meet with me after uh, one of the events because I was just talking about starting a membership organization. And it was the old pen and, and cocktail napkin paper, just writing down your thoughts. And I took it in earnest. I, I applied exactly what you told me. And we grew Power First Professionals. It was formed after the prototype you laid out for duct tape marketing and the organization you created. Thank you. You took it and ran with it. You did a great job, obviously, and I admire your work. What, do you talk about an arc of your books? Toilet Paper Entrepreneur was kind of like your first book to get out there to write about what you had been doing and your experience. But then it feels like you went on a you know pumpkin plan, profit first, clockwork, now even you know get different. Is there... Obviously, I think you're targeting the same market, but are you saying, okay, for this book, I'm going to take on this aspect of business now, this aspect, and now this, and and really tie, do these all kind of tie together in that fashion? They do. And, and they're, I'll tell you the kind of formula behind it. So the overarching goal is to have a compendium of books for small business. I, I want to be the champion for the, I call them the underdog entrepreneur, but the, the micro enterprise, this is a sub-million dollar company. Like that's my peaks. So I want to, when, when you're that size, it's very hard to get professional consultants to come in and invest in the amount of time and effort necessary to move that business forward. We just can't afford them. So I want to have the compendium of knowing that you know, business one may have a marketing challenge. Business two may have a financial challenge. Maybe it's a, a efficiency challenge. So I'm trying to write all these books. The sequence they come out is based upon two things. First and foremost is reader impact. I'm, I'm blessed to be in contact with readers regularly now. Wasn't that way with my first couple of books, but now there's a regular stream. So I can ask and survey and see you know, what do people need now? And one of the common themes was hearing from people, I depend on my clients to refer me business. And actually they're boastfully saying that 100% of my leads come from client referral, right. which is great. 
They recognize how good you are, but you can't throttle that. You don't have control. How do you deliberately facilitate lead flow? So that was one thing. And the other thing is, is for me is behind each book from your tutelage, I build an organization behind it. Yeah. What I found is that maybe 90% of the readers, maybe 95% are the do-it-yourselfers. They want to read it and do it. But there is a faction that say, now that I know how to do it, I want to find the company that has this competency. So build the business. So I look for a partner early on now, and I his name is Justin Wise. They have a marketing agency called The Different Company that they renamed The Different Company. And we've been working together on this project for two years. It's culminating a book and all the insights and, and practical applications of this process. And I also know that a portion of readers will say, I want to go a step further and work with a different company. That's a company that yeah. I co-created. Awesome. So I, I guess that's some of the big idea. Why'd you write this book or this topic? And I know, and I also want to get into the research you did, but let's start with the why. Yeah, I, I think there are extraordinary books out there, duct tape marketing being one of the defining books, in my opinion, that show you the how-to and the marketing plans, the strategy, like here's what you do. And we need that. What I didn't find is many books focusing on the milliseconds of marketing, the, the cognitive behavior that happens from the prospect's standpoint. And so this book, one of the titles actually was, was going to be called The Marketing Milliseconds of how marketing happens in these fractional seconds. There's three key elements that happen within literally one-tenth of a second. First is recognition of something. Most stuff, the vast majority is ignored. So how do you get attention? Second, we retain attention. So we are subconsciously asking ourselves, should I stay engaged in this? Should I keep listening to this podcast? We just keep on asking ourselves at a subconscious level, at a certain point, not serving me, you're losing, you're, you're dropping off. And the last thing is subconsciously, should I take action with this? And this is all happening in a flash of a second. So this book is around managing those elements of Mark. So I know that you are a bit of a, not necessarily scientific researcher, but you talked about you, know, you engage a lot of people, you have a lot of conversations, you bring people in to try stuff in your laboratory, so to speak. Yeah. So what's described the research that led you to some of the conclusions in this book? Yeah, we, we have a room here at our office. Actually, when you come, maybe if we can spend a little time, I'll take it for a little tour, but we have a room we call it the Mad Lab. It's our version of a lab. And what we do is we take uh, existing marketing, and we'll run tests on it against survey groups and audiences that don't, they're not told, you know, you're being tested. We're just asking, what do you, how do you respond to this and monitoring their behavior and looking for trends? And I'll, I'll give you one example. I like to pick on large companies. We were talking about that off air. It's a large company. Who cares? It's a company called Arthur Anderson. Uh, not Arthur Anderson. Yeah, there is one. There's one called Anderson Windows. It's also an Arthur Anderson, but Anderson Window, which is pretty big. It's a pretty big franchise. Sure, sure. And we had a marketing piece, we tested of theirs, and it failed the three key elements that I identify in the book, differentiate to get attention, attract to get engagement, direct to compel, to tell you want to do something. And what this, this marketing was different, they were sending out letters, handwritten letters saying, hey, I'm your local rep, or I'm the local business owner, I'd love to do your windows. It was unique and different from the standard mail you get. But the, it didn't fail to attract because the owner was a guy named or is named Larry someone. But the hand script was a female's writing. It was very loopy. It was very clear it wasn't him. Yeah. It lost the authenticity. So we're reading this and people are like, this is a lie. This guy is marketing a lie. It's a shame that, that when we do marketing, many companies only do one element and they don't nail all of them. So our research of testing out other marketing and then testing out our own marketing techniques through our company, we had businesses do this. 
we found there's three kind of check boxes you need to nail each time for marketing to work. So you use those terms, differentiate, attract, direct, uh, which conveniently spells out the dad method. And so should we take a few minutes and tell some dad jokes? Yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah. What, what um, did the fish say when he ran into a concrete wall? What? Damn. <laughs> okay, that's a good dad joke. I got for you. When do you know a joke becomes a dad joke? I don't know. When? When it becomes a parent. <laughs> All right, there you have it, folks. We are done here. Dad jokes. <laughs> and now let's hear a word from our sponsor. HubSpot's CRM platform is easy to adopt, and there are really two reasons, two features that make this possible, the contact timeline and the mobile app and mobile keyboard. HubSpot's contact timeline gives you the historical context you need to get the work done and connect with customers because all of your customer data is in one place. It can serve as a single source of truth. In HubSpot, you can take an action right from the contact timeline. Make a call, enroll a contact in a sequence, schedule a meeting, you've got it. And if you're on the go, you just use the mobile app to make it all happen and keep everything up to date. You don't have to spend a lot of time training your team. You can be sure that all the contact information is going into one system, making your team more efficient. Look, better adoption with a CRM leads to better data richer insights, and a bigger impact on your customer experience. Learn more about how you can scale your company without scaling complexity at HubSpot.com. All right. So obviously, it's always fun for consultants and authors to, to come up with acronyms for things. But yeah. maybe unpack those a little bit. You've alluded to them in your story about yeah, the research, yeah, but sure. just may, maybe apply them now. Oh, yeah. So the three applications. First of all, most marketing fails because we are copying the behavior or the marketing method of our contemporaries. Or our, our industry, right. the, our, this is what everybody in our industry does. Whatever else does. <laughs> right. But the consumer mind has this thing called the reticular formation. It's a part of our brain that achieves what's called habituation. Habituation is a way to avoid stimuli that's not relevant. There's a reason sirens have changed on uh, police cars and ambulances that used to be high, low, high, low. Now they chirp and they beep. They do that because we've become so habituated, mm. so familiar with it, we ignore it. People have walked in front of a speeding ambulance and been killed by an ambulance. So what we need to do with our marketing is realize that consumers become habituated. And the only way to get recognized is to change the chirps and beeps when everyone else is going high low. Mm. Classic marketing example, have you ever got the email that starts off with, hey, friend? Yeah. I don't know, John, if you got one of those. And, and the first one I got, I was like, what is this? I have a friend that's calling me a friend? Like, this is so friendly, this friend. I actually read it. The second one, I was like, okay. The last one was actually smarmy marketing. Yeah. So this next one, I skimmed through. I was like, oh, it's marketing. I've never read a hey friend since because I know it's marketing. I've become habituated to it. I don't put conscious thought to it. So the only way to break this pattern is to do what the people aren't doing because that will get past this gatekeeper to the mind. Yeah, and I think and that really today, one of the key ingredients for getting kind of through the clutter is we, we have to do something that makes people talk about us. And you're right. That's the difference. Your uh, mutual friend, Jay Bear has a great book called Talk Triggers. That's really all about that idea of what can you do to get people talking? Everything else you do might be the same as everybody else, but you do this one thing. One thing. It, it doesn't, and some people get confused with outrageous. Oh, I have to yeah. wear a clown costume. Well, that a clown costume will work, but if it's not congruent right. with your brand or who you are, it actually hurts you. 
because so, the next component. Wait, so my once you're my, different, my you attorney, attention. my attorney shouldn't wear a clown suit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that with a squirting daisy in your eye. Like, hey, sorry. Hey, John Walker. The because that attorney is not attractive. See, right. the next component is this speaking to a need I have, a desire. Does it invoke curiosity? Does it entertain me? A, a clown actually could be perceived as a threat for some of us. In this scenario, this is like a murderer. This is like a whack job does. Yeah. So it has to be congruent with what your audience expects and needs. So what's attractive to them? And they're going to measure that very quickly. Differentiation gets attention. Attraction retains it. Yeah. The last D stands for direct is to tell the audience now what to do with this knowledge. And the, the key here is it needs to be reasonable. I think this is often overlooked. Yeah. We have to give them specific, but it needs to be reasonable. If I'm selling a, a car as an example, and you're looking for a new car, I say, hey, John, give me $100,000 deposit. We're going to find your dream car. Like, who are you? No, it's unreasonable. But if you walk in the lot and I say, hey, John, would you give me my your, me your cell number? I'd love to text you pictures of our inventory so you can find and we can hone in on your dream car. That sounds reasonable. Also though, we've had our first transaction and yeah. now I can move us toward the ultimate transaction, which is you buying a car and me collecting a commission. So the direct is to give a specific and explicit direction, but a reasonable and safe one for the customer. So uh, I have heard you say, and of course this is uh, in the book and this is not going to be good news for some people that better is not better. So that's going to be hard for some people to swallow because I want to be the best uh, at yep. what I do and in, in my industry. And I, I think that you're going to say, well, it's not bad to be better, but it's better to be different. And yeah, it's, it's better to be different and better is invisible. I mean, think about it. Say we have businesses that compete directly with each other. We, we both have cleaning companies. And uh, my clean company, I say, we will always answer the phone on two rings. You say, our company will always answer the phone in one ring. You are unequivocally better. But the question is, does the customer care or even notice? Most betters are actually invisible to the customer. It's the difference that get noticed. If you're the only cleaning company that shows up in full biohazard gear, that will be remarkable. And, and that's not a joke. That's what happened in the computer industry. My first business was doing computer systems and I was better than the competition. I had the certification to prove it. I, I had the response times to prove it. But then the company came in and they kicked my ass till Sunday. It was Geek Squad who dressed as geeks with the tape in their glasses, the flood pants. And because they were willing to put themselves out in a new and different light and they were talk worthy as Joe Bear points to, they, they were remarkable. They dominated the industry. By, by the way, Robert Stevens, the founder of the company, uh, I believe now after their sale to Best Buy, they are at a $1 billion collective valuation. $1 billion. My company didn't sell for way less than that, I'll say. It sold for way less than that. So how do you, and, and you alluded to this, but I want to touch on it directly. I think when some people hear the word different, they're like, okay, I'm going to be different for different sake. We're going to be the guys that wear purple shirts or drive purple cars or something. And I think you address it with attractive. Does that matter? Yes. Okay. Somebody looks at it and goes, that's different. How do you, what's the filter for different that matters? Yeah. So if you are the business owner, the great thing is you are the filter. It's an amplification of who you naturally are. Mm. I'm a silly person. I like to be goofy. So you'll see my websites and all the work I do, every time I put something out there, there's a silly component. That is attractive, but I gotta be put a little asterisk next to it, next to that, to certain people. Other people, it's repelling. They're like, who is this goofball or idiot? But it does magnetize a certain audience. So the truth is we gotta be true to ourselves. If I love, you know, Purple Rain, I play it every morning when I start my day, I'm the purple guy. Lean into that, because there's a community that is gonna get you because you get it. 
it's the artificial difference that don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've had people that look at my website and said, wow, this was so different as an example. I love it. I'm going to copy it. Is that okay? I'm like, like go for it. It's who you are, it's not going to be attractive because there's going to be this incongruency. Yeah, Amplify you, who you are. You, you're the most professional, be more professional. If you're the most serious, be more serious. But be the more of you. You you made a point that I don't think enough people um, maybe would, would get just on what you said is it's actually okay to be polarizing. In fact, it might actually be a good thing. And I'm not saying you want to go out there and be a jerk and have a whole bunch of people hate you. But the fact that you are very much uh, upfront about here's who we are. And if that doesn't work for you, that's okay too. Because we know there's people out there that this does work for. And I think probably the worst thing is just being as vanilla as possible and trying to appeal to everyone. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. yeah. Don't be a jerk, but some people see you as a jerk, even though you're not being a jerk because you're being you. I mean, look at any presidential candidate. Yeah. Any president has been an absolute jerk to 50% of the population. <laughs> I don't care who you are. And it's true for any organization. There's a community that's going to rail against you. Now, I actually argue to leverage this. Have a name. Yeah. Um, it can be an ideology. I mean, you're railing against, or it could be uh, another represent representative in this community yeah. that just has a different ideology themselves and puts it out there. So I very much have a nemesis. And what this does is it rallies me to be more outspoken and more of myself to attract more of my audience. The, the conflict between the two different approaches, and even though there's no overt conflict, I, this person does not know my name. I know their name, but it's not we're, we're, uh, in conflict. Our ideologies conflict. Our, our communities then are in conflict. This ideology is very much, you know, light cigars with $100 bills, make money and crush people. And my belief is embrace the community and use profit to be more an amplification and serve more. And those are different ideologies. And uh, by having that conflict, both kind of fight each other and they both rally. Uh, there's reasons why when presidents have, you know, very different opinions and approaches, there's more votes than ever. The same can happen for our business. So you and I are in a growing club of authors putting out their books on September 21st of 2021. Oh, like, what is this? <laughs> I've had you on. I've had Dory on. I've had Shep Hiken on. I've oh, Shep's releasing a book Shep's on the 21st? releasing a book on the 21st. Uh, Jonathan Fields is releasing a book on the 21st. Oh, you just sparked. <laughs> sure. And I think I'm, I'm trying, I'm doing my best to get everybody in the club on, on uh, the the podcast. So I think you've you've checked. We're you and I are recording this on the 20th. Uh, the book comes out on the 21st, but obviously go get it whenever you happen to listen to this. So tell people, I know, Mike, you always do uh, on top of building companion sites and communities quite frankly you always tuck lots of goodies and extras and like behind the scenes stuff in your books too so you want to tell people all about what you've got prepared for them if they get a copy of get different thank you john the site to go to is gogetdifferent.com that's the site specific for this book i think what's unique about it is i put resources on there that are all independent of the book including a hundred ways to immediately market your business differently that costs nothing or costs very little, and you don't need the book to do it. You can get started. So that's gogetdifferent.com. Plus, you'll, you'll find case studies, stuff that we've done with other businesses that maybe you can interpret and use in your own business. You do also a great job with the audio book to, uh, to add some different content to that. I, one of the things that I've started doing recently, and I'll wrap this up, but is uh, getting the audio book of a book I really get into. And I think, yeah, I really, I want to consume this book. I want to internalize it. I'll get the audio book and the print book. And sometimes I will actually listen and read at the same yeah. time. And I feel, first off, I feel like I can go a lot faster, but I also feel like it just drives the points home. So that's my pitch. Go get Mike's audio book and print book of Get Different, but, and it's go get different.com.
That's so you and I are swapping. Uh, I'm going to speak at your conference. You're going to speak at uh, my conference coming up here this fall. And I had somebody actually ask me that they were like, why are we doing, I, I spoke at Ryan Dice's conference recently, digital marketer, and people uh, are like, aren't you guys competitors? <laughs> and I, I sometimes don't know how to respond because um, on top of being friends, the world, the need for what we do <laughs> is yeah. so immense that I can't imagine thinking of each other as competitors. And, and I think that's uh, a lot of industries that are that way. Yeah, I love that because to me, I had a revelation when I became an author. When I had a computer company, there was multiple people bidding. There was one person awarded the bid and you got it for years or sometimes yeah. a lifetime. It was very competitive. I wanted to destroy the competition. As an author, there's no competition. It's contemporary. If someone discovers your book, John, your new one coming out, you know, Duct Tape Marketing, I'm going to, if someone reads that and loves that book, what are they going to do? They're going to explore more books yeah, on marketing yeah. and it will only facilitate more reading. Yeah. It's the strangest environment for me at least, but the more successful your books are, the more successful my books are because all books get elevated. It really is the tide rising. All books yeah. go with the tide. Yeah. Uh, you find somebody who's got a, a shelf or two of marketing books and that'll be the easiest sale in the world for a marketing yeah, book, right? Exactly. Because exactly. uh, they're constantly consuming. Mike, always great catching up with you. And uh, I, I've been telling a lot of guests as I sign off, hopefully we'll see each other in, in real life when we start getting back out there on the road, but you and I are going to do that soon. So I appreciate yeah. your friendship and support and congrats with another great book. I'll see you soon, my brother, my slightly older brother. <laughs> All right, that wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training, marketing training for your team? If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, Check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team. Mm -hmm.